Hi, welcome to another episode of The Lot's Delight. This was an unintended episode. After I posted yesterday about, you know, celebrating others, I wanted to give you a much more context into what I was talking, even if there is a cost to you, celebrating others, especially in a friendship or relationship. And the best, best example of what, and what not to do is a father-son example which is that of Saul and Jonathan with respect to David. If you look at Samuel, there was a long line of, you know, all these prophets and all these men leading who God directly spoke to and then they will talk to the people. He was the last in line which was being switched over to a kingship model at that crucial time. Samuel was not a fan of this and God also says, I'm giving them the kingship model because they want what other nations have. Israel until that point had something nobody else had. They are God directly talking to them through a messenger. And it was not even a priest, right? It was like this prophetic model And Samuel was not too happy, but he obeys God and anoints Saul, who was scared, coward, like whatever. But what people thought of as a king, he was like tall, good, like, and then later on he grew into the role. But then he did not obey God. He became his own, like he became a person concerned with what will the people think, reputation, where... This goes to the extent that God says, I reject him. The God that chose him rejected him because of how he behaved and for disobedience to God's word. And then God uses Samuel to anoint one more person, that is David. And Saul knows that he is king. But his son might not be. But he wants to ensure the continuation of the lineage. Every time he sees David, he knows God has called David to be the next one to lead. But guess what? He doesn't like that. He was given a thing. He was given a great future. And he was called out of this family. Became the very first king appointed to lead God's people. Goes down in flames. But God still keeps him as a king until his death, right? And David knows that. And even though God has rejected Saul, he refuses to put his hand on God's anointed. Even though he walked away from God, he fell from God. Think of how you speak and how you treat somebody you know has backslidden, whom God used to anoint but is not in anymore with like that place with God, intimate relationship, but rather using the gifts for their own purpose. Look at the example of David. He says he was God's anointed. At one point, God, all these gifts is coming from God. God made him king. I will not put my hand on him. I rather run for my life. Because if David stood turned around and fought Saul. Saul would have died a long time ago. He refused to do that because he had that kind of 
reverence for God and the people God anointed. So even in our friend circle of whoever they might be, even if they have fallen away from God, yes, we need discernment to not just go along with them and everything, but how we speak of them and how we treat them. Even if they come for your life, look at the model that David modeled. Now Jesus has left us Holy Spirit and we know, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit where it is kindness, gentleness, like you know, self-control and all these things. This was an Old Testament model of a guy saying, God anointed that guy. Yes, God rejected him, but at one point he anointed, he is God's anointed. I will not put my hands on him. And if we look at Jonathan, the friendship of Jonathan and David, a, just go read, okay? It is in 1 Samuel chapter 18. As soon as he has finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. In friendships, God-given friendships, souls can be knit together. Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Okay, Jonathan, he, he strips himself of the rope that was on him and gave it to David. Samuel um, 18.4. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 4. Okay, David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. After even knowing that David is probably going to have the throne, which by lineage belonged to Jonathan, Jonathan will lose out if David succeeds. And he still helps David because he knows what God has intended. There is such love. He's celebrating David. He's able to accept David because of accepting what God has. The world's eyes, Jonathan is somebody who would be considered as who doesn't understand, who is a loser because the, he's almost giving up the throne intended for him to a friend. That is not how Jonathan saw. That is why he is able to completely help David out, even help him escape from his own father's hands. He takes a stand there. And I want to point to you about two more people who celebrated each other. Do you know who that is? Joshua and Caleb. They too, they were the only spies who brought good reports of the land from Canaan when they went to spy. Caleb never questioned, why was Joshua chosen to lead? Was He was also in fact in the same port. They both brought good reports. He knew what God had for him. That assurance made him celebrate Joshua, guess what, even more, helped him be under Joshua's leadership. The world looks at that and goes, oh, he was in his shadow. Aren't they equals? They both brought the same report. No, what God has for you is yours alone. What God has for the other person is theirs alone. I do not know why God chose Joshua and not Caleb. But guess what? If you are, you have that assurance about what God has for you, you will automatically end up celebrating the person, the people around you, irrespective of what the world or others have comments. Caleb was content 
to accept what God had for him. And guess what? He was under the leadership of Joshua. He could have fought and guess what? He could have had a following and led his own people. He didn't do that. That doesn't mean... See how strong his relationship with God is. For 40 years, even though believing what God said, these two were the only people who were penalized for even believing in God. Right? They knew what God had. But then they had to be with their own people. And after 40 years, Caleb still holds on to the promise of what God promised him. Goes back to Joshua and asks, Give me this hill country of Hebron that God promised me. He held on to that promise, accepted Joshua as his leader. Yes, God had given him a promise, but goes, acknowledges Joshua as the leader and asks him this, the promise that God gave him. Isn't that beautiful? I want to read this to you, okay? Caleb inheriting Hebron. And this is Joshua 14 verses 6 to 15 in that area. Caleb says to his son of Japune, the Kenizzite, and says, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brother and who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these forty-five years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old, and yes, I am as strong as this day, on that day Moses sent me. He's saying all this, and then he says, Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Japune, as an inheritance. This shows the beautiful relationship between Joshua and Caleb. Guess what? This all comes out of the fact they knew what God had intended for them, what their path, their purpose, their journey was. That's why they were be able to like, 45 years is a long time. And they had such wrong, strong relationship with the Lord and with each other. So when you travel such long time with the people, only if you are assured about what God has for you and that no one can take that away from you and what God has intended for you, the promises he gave you, nobody can stop that from happening. Will you be able to ha be happy for your friends and other people in your life? So I pray. This gives you more context about what I was speaking yesterday when I said about celebrating others. That is the crux of it, okay? Yes, starting out, it's not going to be easy. It's a journey, it's a process where God needs to work on your heart. And until and unless 
you have such assurance of god about what he can do for you your promise and that no matter what he'll bring it to pass until then he, the happiness doesn't come because you know what's intended for you is yours god will no matter he is not a god who lies he will bring it to pass then automatically you become happy for the people in your life when they get their promises and blessings and you are able to celebrate them okay then i'll talk to you guys next week